doesn't. It doesn't like, at all. And like, I'm the first to tell you when it's a good impression. I feel like I also feel like you don't get the reference I'm making though to to um, Boogie Nights. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah. So you're not okay. So you're not even getting the reference. <laughs> okay, we're starting again. <laughs> all right. Hello, hello. My name is Mark Burris. <laughs> With me is Peter Blankenship. Here. <laughs> as well as John Girdler. I, I prefer uh, John the Rockets Girdler. John the Rocket. John Girdler. the Little Rocket Man Girdler. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Too Much Free Time Podcast. Woo! <laughs> this is a podcast where we discuss our favorite, least favorite, just all around. Just movies. Just movies <laughs> in general, yeah. They, they seem to have a similar theme, though, right? I mean, oh movies yeah, that we movies that we've watched. Movies yeah. that we've watched, <laughs> and uh, with October being around the corner, or around the corner is October. With uh, Halloween being around the corner, we decided to de- dedicate the first season. Of the- Should we just start no, over? Completely perfect. This, this is perfect. Regardless, it's Halloween <laughs> season. We're doing scary movies. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. And we have fun here, folks. We have fun. I've never said like folks Peter said, laugh, <laughs> We're doing scary movies for our first season since it's Halloween. And <laughs> even though tonight's movie is really not scary, I didn't feel scared at all, but it was a I enjoyed it. It is I was M. scared Night. by how attracted to the lead I was. Ooh. <laughs> but Just jump right in. <laughs> all right. But tonight's movie is M. Night Shyamalan's Split, starring James McAvoy and Anna Taylor Joy. Three names. Yeah, classic. Well, I guess it's two names because the last name's hyphened. Hyphened, yeah, it's <laughs> cheating. Yeah, but uh, so initial thoughts? Like, I mean, I enjoyed it as a whole. I usually, after after Signs, I have pretty much hated every M. Night Shyamalan movie until this point. I'd say welcome back, M. Night. <laughs> welcome back. I mean, It's yeah, been a while. This was definitely a step in the right direction. I wouldn't say it was like a perfect film, but it was... Definitely a step in the right direction. Did, does M. Night look like you guys would expect him to look like? I mean, he's appeared in every movie, so... Yeah, so maybe. I guess, yeah. yeah. Except well, for, he didn't appear in Avatar. He also wasn't... He wasn't in The Happening. Oh, no, he, he was a voice. voice. He was... Yeah. yeah, he was the voice. Wait, where was he in Split? He what? was the IT guy that helps the therapist. We'll get to him. Yeah. But, Peter, what are your initial he's thoughts? Like, How did you know he was going to walk right through that? Or whatever. How'd you know the trash was going to be dirty? Oh, yeah. That's but what were your initial thoughts? I liked it. I mean, like, we just got done watching The Happening, which is a, a shit show. Oh, yeah. It was a trash that, fire. That was a travesty. And, like, this this was good. Yeah. It was very, like, I understood what was happening. It was well-conceived plot. I like extent. James McAvoy. Oh, uh, this movie is hinged on James McAvoy's yeah. acting. And, like, he's not A-list, but he's... B plus list, oh, he's, which, he's which solid. gives him permission to do crazy movies like this, like Filth. I thought he was really good in Filth. Yeah. He's kind of like Elijah Wood to me, where they just get to choose kind of the movies they want to do, be- and because of their name, suffer for it. Yeah, you know, like I, way to go, James. I yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, we can get into more of the facts at the end because most of the facts that I looked up about this movie end up just dealing with the very end of the movie, so we can cover that once we get to the end. But Which had a I dark night, rises. Kind of vibe. I do think it's super interesting, though, that the number one choice for this movie was Joaquin Phoenix. And while I love James McAvoy in this movie, jo- Joaquin Phoenix could have been really interesting. Like uh, huh. Most of the scenes, I because I looked that up at the beginning of the movie, 
like as the movie was starting and i ended up spending most of the movie thinking of the scenes like how maybe joaquin phoenix would have done it i'm very intrigued by that i'm kind of sad i didn't get to see him but i do think james mcavoy crushed it and he's he's also similar to me in that category of actors with james because he's He's been around. Yeah, he's names, a name. But he's not, you know, DiCaprio. Yeah, Ugh. for sure. And and Joaquin has a history with him, night, right? The Village, and yeah, The Village. I don't know if there's anything else. I thought he was in one more. I may was be misremembering. You not in Signs? Oh yeah, Signs. Yeah. That's it. Right. I'm right. being stupid. Right. So it was Signs in The Village. Swing away. Swing away. Yeah, because <laughs> this is James McAvoy's. <laughs> nice. This is James McAvoy's first M Night movie, right? I'm not crazy about that, right? I think everyone in this movie pretty much is this is their first. Yeah. No, the therapist is the crazy lady from the happening. And Bruce Willis. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Bruce Willis. We'll get <laughs> to that at the end. Uh, but yeah, that's a good segue. I guess we can just jump right into the plot. So the movie opens with kind of a cold opening of um, a birthday party at a restaurant in a mall or something. But we see our main character, Casey. That's her name, right? Casey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being the mercy invite to a birthday party and they explain the logic of the mercy invite. And I agree with the other girls, like the girl who invited her's logic, but she ha- still seemed like a bitch. Oh yeah. It. She seemed like a bitch. It's like, it was nice, but kind of going back on being nice. Yeah. But her dad was cool. Her dad, her dad was the classic movie dad though. of just being like, Oh, come on guys. Like I'm sure she's different, but I, we're all different. Can't we just get along <laughs> <laughs> in spite of our differences of what makes us different? It's like, okay, movie dad. <laughs> I, I think just dads, I, I think I've made this point before. Dads in general are just portrayed as these big goofballs. They yeah, just they're always, no, see, they're either goofballs. Decisions. They're either goofballs or it swings the other direction and they're badasses out on revenge to kick everybody's ass. There's right. no middle ground. Right, <laughs> good point. But I, was, I wanted to pose this question to you guys because I was thinking about this too. Have you guys ever been the pity invite to a birthday party or anything like that? I mean, if I have, I didn't know it. Yeah, that was what I was thinking about. I was like, I wonder if I've ever actually been the pity invite. Well, you were my pity invite in fourth grade <laughs> to the <laughs> skate center. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, and you know it. Oh, oh the skate center. <laughs> so many good memories there. I had, my, I had my first kiss at the skate center. Did you really? I not did. on my birthday, oh. though. No, it was my birthday. Yeah. Dana Brower. Wow. Shout out to Dana Brower. There you go. wonder <laughs> what Dana's up to these days. I don't know. That's a good question, actually. We're going to push past that, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've been a mercy. So um, Casey, our heroine in Gosh. this movie, very attractive. <laughs> right. She doesn't seem like she'd be a weird weird girl, right? Yeah, I this mean, is another movie where it's the, the good-looking girl is for some reason an outcast and no one's like friends with her. Like I get she's supposed to act out and be kind of weird, but I don't buy that. But... Her ride is not showing up. Something happened with the car. So car broke down. So she's going to have to get a ride with the birthday girl. And uh, and she Claire. rides in the passenger seat. Didn't y'all find that a little strange? Yeah, that was well, weird. They went into the back first. That yeah, because they wanted to sit together. Claire and... Uh, Marsha, who Marcia. we don't learn her name until about an hour into yeah. the movie. <laughs> so yeah, it's Marsha and Claire are the two friends. And then Casey is the, the pity invite. They get into the car, and then while the dad's loading up all the stuff in the trunk, I guess I he gets he just, knocked out. I hope it's just knocked out. Well, later in the movie, they'd say he woke up, and the car and the girls were gone. So we know he survived. But James McAvoy gets into the car. 
And it's the scene from the trailer of him sitting in the car and them being the whole like, sir, I think you have the wrong car. And he sprays him in the face with something. My first real kind of complaint with this movie that I don't understand is why didn't he spray her? Why didn't he spray... He sprays the two girls in the backseat but doesn't spray Casey. Maybe it's uh, a foreshadowing to how she's different. Maybe, but like he he saw her in the car. Like, well, yeah, and he also treats her differently throughout. You know, like she's not. Well, she. Well, we do learn. We do learn later because I wrote it down. She wasn't supposed to be there. Right. So she he stopped the two, the two girls for a while, and she wasn't supposed to be there because of the whole car trouble thing. But yeah, so they get abducted, and then we get the opening credits, which I thought was pretty interesting, and um, I didn't realize it at the time, but once the plot developed of the the music was just like animal noises. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like growling and foreshadowing. stuff. Yeah, foreshadowing. And the words were split. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, they did that a couple times in the movie. The end credits are like that too, where it's yeah. like multiple panels and it split. It's like, okay, we I, get it. I like the camera, and there are a lot of shots like this through the movie, but when the dad sees James McAvoy for the first time, it's behind the camera. Right. He's looking into the camera, and he's like, oh, can I help you? I like stuff like that. Yeah, that I was, think it's really I thought cool. that was good. Or especially, you know, some of the scenes where it's, behind one of the actors backs and so like i don't i guess i don't know what angle that is but it's not used all the time yeah it's i i feel like it's very much an m night kind of style but it was i think people don't appreciate his style because usually or more recently the movies have been so bad that you just haven't really noticed, well, been able to pay attention <laughs> to other stuff because you're back just to the happening. Those those angles don't exist. That's true. You know, like they're also not in. I can't remember them being in Sixth Sense or Signs. Yeah, because I do think it's That's going true. back. That, into, you're making a good point into being that animal kind of. Like, it's. I don't want to say it's a primal camera angle, but it is. It is more aggressive or aggressively intimate. I don't. No, that's a good way to put it. I just I liked it a lot. I like those shots. Right. So Casey tries to get out of the car. Again, I don't know why he initially sprayed her, but once she tries to get out of the car, then he decides to spray her and we get the opening cut or opening credits, whatever. And the next shot we get after the credits is them being put in this room and it's three girls and uh James McAvoy walks in three girls two beds three girls yeah i noticed that too well again it leads to the whole he wasn't planning for the third right. girl but the scene when you see them on the two beds and there's that divide in the wall yeah i thought they were in two different rooms for a second but they're split <laughs> <laughs> title drop common theme here. common yeah. theme but yeah so we're introduced with that even though they don't say his name, we're introduced to the first personality. Dennis. Is Dennis, yeah. And he kind of seems to be the muscle of the situation. And something I'll say about Dennis that I think it is it's a de- it adds to the creepiness to me is that he buttons his top button. Do you guys button your top button? No. I've, it, I've tried it. It's just most... So button-up shirts that aren't meant to actually wear ties with, they're just like you know, ones you buy Jerry crew or whatever, mm-hmm. they don't make that collar big enough for it to be comfortable. In my opinion, it's exactly. like, it's really it almost tight. overlaps. Yeah. Yeah. And right. so, but like an ac- actual dress shirt with a tie, it obviously is designed that way. So it's, it's different, but yeah, I never do the top button. You'd mm-hmm. never go top button. Right. But Dennis did. Yeah. Dennis, Dennis did. Dennis. Elijah Wood does that by the way. Yeah. Going back he does. To <laughs> he pulls it off. Dirk gently because he's Elijah Wood. It's true. So, we're introduced to Dennis, and the first real line of dialogue we get from 
Dennis and James McAvoy as a whole in this movie is he points to Marsha and says, I choose you first and just carries her out of the room. How romantic. I is is that supposed to be like a compliment? He had three I mean, all three of those girls are pretty cute. I don't know. Should Marsha take that as a compliment? I mean he he swept her off her feet. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. But that and it was the first instance of us realizing Casey can be in control of the situation. Right. Because uh, Marsha is coming over to her screaming, and then she's just like, pee on yourself. Oh, yeah, behave yourself. No, pee. Pee She told her to pee on herself. She pees on herself. It's the same thing with like, you know. I totally missed that. That's why he gets mad and brings her back in. And she pees on herself, you know, when she comes back in the room. Okay, so that changes my notes for a little bit because I thought she said behave yourself as in like if you don't fight back it'll be easier because no. it's already alluded that something's going on with Casey or yeah Casey well, yeah because we were assuming she was going to be raped right and it's, it's so no but that was say, my question though yeah. was when she came back when uh, Marsha came back into the room there was like stuff on her and they were wiping away or whatever and it was a weird thing and she said like he wanted me to dance for him naked I was I wrote down did Dennis rape her because yeah, no. that goes unmentioned the rest of the movie that makes so much more sense yeah because it comes back with when the psychiatrist goes and we know your proclivity to having young girls girls dance yeah. naked or whatever um yeah she told her to pee herself and so she she yeah she we knows herself. she's either knows how to defend herself or has had experience and knows how to deal with like this. That. Yeah, so, okay, so she pees herself, gets Brock back into the room, and we get kind of a flashback. Throughout the whole movie, there's flashbacks to this hunting trip that Casey had. With Harvey Weinstein and her father. Hunting trip gone wrong. Yeah, that was a whole weird thing that I'm not going to, like, to be honest, that ended up not really meaning anything. Besides the whole reveal of, you know, her uncle Well, and why she lives at the end. No, well... Yeah, but I mean, how they build it up before that reveal makes it seem like that's going to be a point in how she defends herself later. Like with the whole, he does the whole like how you lead them with a gun and stuff like that. That ends up not really mattering. But we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. So uh, after Marsha's brought back into the room because she peed herself, which I now know, I didn't know <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, but we get the first girl pep talk of... Um, Claire trying to kind of like rally him being we need to go psycho on this guy when he comes back in which is smart which I think is smart I disagree with Casey at this part of the movie especially because later you find out they have their shoes and one of them's high heels oh my god a high heel to the neck you're you're going down the three of them I, I I this is gonna sound sexist but I think that's one of the reasons why in a lot of these movies it ends up being girls because if it was three guys and it was just Dennis the three guys would just jump him as soon as he came into the room. I want I'm going to defend Casey in the moment because she did make a good point. They don't even know where they are. They That's don't know true. what's going on. They don't know if James McAvoy's like if he's the only person around. That's true. I didn't think about that. That's a good uh, Yeah, they needed to kind of wait it out, but yeah. That's a tough situation. And especially when they found out that you he know they crazy. weren't going to be sexually assaulted. Oh yeah. And they were still trying to leave at the first moment. Like Casey was doing a good job taking note of her surroundings and talking to Hedwig and or yeah. Hedwig, Hedwig. 
Yeah, and so uh, after that scene, though, we get introduced to the therapist. Who was amazing. Who was, she, she was did so really good. well. She did really well in this movie. Uh, Betty Buckley is the actress's name. She's Dr. Fletcher. Um, yeah, she does really good in this movie. And we're also introduced to the next um, identity of uh, James McAvoy. And is, I'd like to point Barry. out uh, M. Night's use of the news advancing plot a yeah, little bit. I don't uh, like seems that, to do that a lot. This makes more sense, but that got really annoying in the happening. Um, but yeah, we learned through the news that the dad's alive. Yeah. DID. Nice. What's DID? Thanks, news. And uh, oh, um, product placement, though, when she brings up, I have something, you know, over Skype. Yeah, that they Skype up. definitely paid for some advertising. Yeah, got a lot but of airtime. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually really liked the therapy scenes in this movie. So, like, when Barry first comes over yeah. and you kind of just you get a better idea of just how his whole disorder works, as well as just. I my favorite part of this movie was watching James McAvoy be these characters. Like I was more excited about w- how he was going to do these characters as it went on than really the plot of the movie. And um this was just a great example cuz he really did make each character different in a very subtle way that I enjoyed. And uh you know Barry was the first one, the kind of a flamboyant kind of fashion designer character. Um, and yeah, we kind of learn about how this psychiatrist or therapist specializes in DID, which I don't know if you guys looked up, but it's apparently a very hot topic. Like no one knows whether it's real or not. So that's actually kind of true to the movie is the whole point of the therapist is proving that it's real. And, uh, to be honest, I thought it was fake, but like when my psych class and at Lipscomb or whatever, we talked about it as if it was an idea that people created, but not a actual Fact. diagnosed, you know, thing. So that was kind of interesting to. Yeah, I felt a little bit on. of false advertising since it was like, ooh, twenty-three personalities, but we really only saw four. We saw like maybe maybe six because there's the whole meltdown at one point where he goes through a couple yeah, more. Yeah, but what what you got? And we we got uh, six, but but the history got Orwell. Yeah, we Orwell. just got kind of a recitation of the video that we'd already seen and. You know, we, we stayed with Dennis, Hedwig, Patricia, and Barry. Barry, although we might not have ever actually seen Barry. I think we saw Barry the first time. This time that I'm talking about right now where we first go to the therapist's it office. After, it was after an email saying, I need to see you. That's true. And then Barry's true. defending it, being like, no, it was, it was no big deal. So, yeah, maybe Barry, the first time we see Barry is at the end of the movie where yeah. it's Cause she's questioning the video. She's like, did anything happen? And he's like, no, because she knows. That's That's a good point. And speaking of 23 personalities, I think a killer marketing campaign for this movie would have been going in with Dr. Pepper and their 23 oh flavors. <laughs> Get out of here. That would have like been, a dual that actually one. would have been amazing. I, I would have hated every second of that. I would have been like, are you kidding me? <laughs> or at least have someone in the movie drink no, Dr. Pepper. Right. There is no placement. way Dr. Pepper's going to get behind like, hey, this person has a mental disorder. Drink Dr. Pepper. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they get behind people having superpowers and radioactive things going on, you know, like they're also defunct individuals. <laughs> they worship I don't know. them. That's them just, cans. I just, that's like such a hot topic. Cause well, it's you not even like little cans. Like here's a can of Orwell, but it's <laughs> not even, it's not even Dr. Pepper being like, Hey, support, you know, research for mental illnesses. Well, drink Dr. Pepper. Proceeds. It's <laughs> because they don't, it's like I was saying, they don't know if DID is a real thing. It's very, you know, trying to be discovered. We're getting off track. So we meet the next personality, right? In the next scene. Do we? When oh, he comes back in. You're right. As 
they come. He comes back in as Patricia because the girls are in the room. Because we after we leave the therapist's office, we cut back to the girls in the room and mm-hmm. they're kind of trying to plan or whatever. And they hear a voice and they check through the door and they see not a head, but they see a woman's body and heels and heels and a dress and stuff. And uh, the door opens and it's James McAvoy again, but she's ta- he's talking like a girl or a woman and uh, says her name's Patricia. Let's them know that Dennis is not allowed to touch them. Yeah, that will not happen again. And that uh, she's going to take care of them, which is nice. Uh, this scene really made me notice his shaved head. And <laughs> uh, I meant to look up. I forgot. But I, I'm assuming it's because he had just filmed X-Men Apocalypse. Because in X-Men Apocalypse, he went bald. Yeah. Like he, they did the Professor Xavier like full shaved head. So I'm assuming he just filmed this after that. Or during or something. Yeah, he might have also just kept it and then... Well, because I was also thinking from the point of view of if you shave your head, it's easier to keep the character straight. Because if he had the hair when he was Patricia, he probably would have had to done something to make it more specific to that character. be gender neutral. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So that might have been the case, too. There weren't anything in the facts about that. But uh, yeah, then after Patricia, we're introduced to Hedwig who is a nine-year-old boy persona. I thought he did Hedwig very well. Yeah, he was my favorite, one of the personalities. When he first appeared in the doorway, though, I was very nervous about that because it's not like it was really bad off the bat, but I was like, ooh, I could see this taking some weird turns and it's just being bad. Oh, like being the the friend from the room? Yeah. Like high schooler that's a sex maniac. Danny? Danny from the room? Yeah, yeah, Danny. Yeah, Yeah. it could have been a Danny. We could have had a Danny on our hand, but instead we got a Hedwig. <laughs> yeah, and no, yeah, I agree with you guys. Hedwig was a great personality. I, I personally wanted to see more of Orwell, just because I'm a history nerd, and he sounded fun. <laughs> I know, he sounded like a bore at parties. <laughs> he did sound no, like a bore at parties. reminiscent of, the, like, he liked 12th century stuff for some odd reason. No, he was talking about 12th century reunification of the Muslim state before the Crusades. Wow, fascinating. That's, like, some real specific <laughs> history shit. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of felt sorry for Hedwig there. Oh, I he just wanted sorry. to dance to Kanye West. Yeah, Hedwig. Hedwig well, was that a first very song was not mm. Kanye. I doubt. There's no way they could afford Kanye's music for this movie. Well, it's M Night Shyamalan. People are lining up at the door. We not, got Skype going. <laughs> not right now. But yeah, so we're introduced <laughs> to Hedwig though, and he's the nine-year-old boy, and uh, Casey kind of tricks him a little bit, and well, yeah, cause um, she recognizes. What's happening? Oh, we have someone who's might be split. This is when yeah, Casey starts the show that she's the most intelligent of the of the three girls, and uh, notices and tries to use Hedwig to her advantage, and that kind of leads to the the first escape attempt, right? Where um, they they trick him into revealing that they had to make the room safe before they could put him in there. And they start feeling around, and they find the vent above them. And that's when I noticed the high heels, because she uses her high right. heel to thing, which I'm thinking, that's a weapon. High heel is a weapon. You could use that. But, yeah, break through the vent, and it's um, it's Claire that breaks through the vent, climbs up. What upper body strength, by the way. Oh, that girl was She fit. just pulled I, herself up there. I was distracted by uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, but... Mm. I mean, the other two girls were very cute, too. And um, what's her name? Haley Lou Richardson played Claire. She was pretty fit. Uh, fun fact, her father came up with the middle name Lou. <laughs> Good 
good on her you. father's name? I don't know. You just took mm-hmm. the the O out of it. Yeah, it's just L U. Whatever. Good honor. But yeah, you're right. Great I, body strength, upper body strength. So this is kind of an area that felt and there are a couple parts of the movie that felt exploitative to me. Um exploitative. But the and I understand that Dennis is a perv. Oh, you're talking about so yeah, so she escapes through the vent and then they we get like a quick chase scene where she runs into a dead end and decides to hide in a locker, which made me mad. She had distance. Yeah, she had distance. She should have kept going. I don't care you ran into a dead end. You need to find another way. And we find a locker is not gonna work. It isn't. Why did she hide in the locker? But you're right. Yeah, she gets out of the locker and then yeah, continue with what like, you're saying. Like, well, yeah, she takes he makes her take her sweater off and it's like, okay, cool, she's in a bra. And then you know we have like the skirt being taken off and I, I don't know, it was just kind of lame to me. But we can go back to the breaking into the room when Hedwig is trying to get in, and then he can't, and then Dennis comes and Dennis just pushes the door open. Yeah, and that like that was the first time I was like, yeah, you know, these personalities have, have different, different characteristics, yeah. which gets echoed later in the movie. You're right. We did skip over that a little bit, but which is which is cool. Going I back, like that. going to the exploitative thing though, I I guess you're right to an extent, but I didn't notice it is much just because I took it as more of the, ooh, Dennis is creepy because it matched with his OCD. Like how James McAvoy played it off was he was asking them to remove the clothing because of his OCD nature, but he was also having that weird reaction of like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this the entire time because of his pedo nature. He's fighting his inner self. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, ooh, that can be interesting, but I also think it's, (laughs) we, um, because Casey had clothes on the whole time, really, right? You know. Like, well, she was removing shirts because that's right. brought up later. Right. Hedwig, Hedwig like, makes Ooh, a comment. You wear a lot of shirts. I like this one. I get that. Ooh, cool. But like, did that mean you have to have the other two in in their skivvies? Yeah, I don't know. It was yeah. I I didn't notice it as much as I guess you did, but it's kind of whatever. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> so, but after the, uh, Claire gets caught. She gets put in a separate room. We don't see her for a really long time. Uh, I'm surprised her friends didn't think she was dead. I was surprised by that as well. I thought they would think he killed her. Exactly. But after that, we cut back to um, the therapist. And she's leading a Skype call with Skype. Big old letters, product placement. <laughs> giving a, Basically explaining how DID works and uh, how... Uh, Kevin or James McAvoy's character is able to be so different while he's in these personas. And it's just the whole idea of there's been multiple cases of, you know, people going from blind to being able to see because yeah. of this. And, and they're looked at being the less pa- than when they but could, it could be, be more, more because they're like unlocking parts of the brain. Yeah. And X-Men. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was, I I feel like I didn't realize it was foreshadowing at the time, but that it, looking back, that's like heavy-handed. Yeah, it's a big heavy-handed tease, and uh, we get that for a second. And we kind of—I can't remember. Do they go? Yeah, this is when Barry comes back after that Skype session, correct? And this is the first time the therapist is really like, "I don't think this is you." Yeah, yeah. It's the first time she accuses of him not being Barry. Right. She starts to realize that it's probably Dennis that she's talking to in her therapy session because she's never met Dennis. Yeah. She hasn't met Dennis, but she knows Dennis is OCD and the more aggressive Kevin is. Oh yeah. Dennis is the OCD personality part of Kevin. Yeah. And he and Patricia were set off 
in their room. They're not allowed to have the light. Right. And if this is getting confusing, it's because they kind of throw those names around a lot about the personalities. But yeah, so Patricia and Dennis, to kind of break this down, Patricia and Dennis are two of the personalities that the other 21 personalities do not trust and do not necessarily like because of their actions. Yeah, so they get banished. And their actions, they're and, not given time in the light. Right. And so that's what, yeah, getting, given time in the light is the whole, what they call being able to take hold of Kevin's body. Yeah, manifesting. Yeah, to something. manifest. That's a great way to put it. So, and the yeah. reason they brought Hedwig along with them is he says he can get in the light whenever he wants. Yeah, that's his special. Yeah, that's his so power. He gets in the light, then he allows others that he wants. Who, yeah, who he in. picks whoever goes after him, which is an important plot point that Hedwig is able to do that. Um, so we get another therapy session. Yeah. The therapist saying, you're not Barry, but... She says something like, we've been talking about polyesters or whatever for 20 minutes. Yeah. It's like, you texted me or like Ugh. emailed me last night. I could talk for about polyesters for hours. No, I couldn't. Uh, that's like, it, do tell. Do the, tell. The doctor mentions the beast here, right? I, I think the beast has been referred right. to at no, this Right. No, yeah, point, you're right. This, she says that it's made up. Yeah, this is... Yeah, because it's Patricia and Dennis, the two personalities, believe in this beast. And the rest of the personalities don't. And that's why Patricia and Dennis are like ostracized or whatever. But after Barry leaves the therapy session, we get our first M. Night appearance, which is fun, which is M. Night going through security footage with the therapist to of see the garbage. If, yeah, of the garbage to, to see keep if, those rats and raccoons out of the garbage. Right. To see if uh, Barry goes around it or not. And Barry walks through it, which ends up being kind of a weird bullshit analysis Tell, yeah. in my opinion of the whole like oh if he was ocd why do you walk through it exactly because it was the whole like he thought that if he walked around it i would suspect he's dennis and right like, oh that doesn't make sense to a me a normal person <laughs> would walk around it but someone with ocd trying to say they're not ocd would walk through the trash like, nah, hence I therefore where art thou it's dennis yeah i need some like red string logic to like draw yeah, me that's to that tough conclusion. to follow yeah. he's and he's like how did you know it was going to be dirty. Also, yeah, it's also a little bit of a Hooters plug. They talk about Hooters for a solid, yeah, like... It's a good place. 20 seconds there. That Although they, they kind of slam it, or she slams well, it. She slams it. He says it's great. But of and course he would. We'll let you decide. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Hooters. <laughs> no, it's absolutely not. <laughs> you would turn down sponsorship from Hooters? I wouldn't. I need that money. I just don't like Hooters. Well, we don't want people fast-forwarding through this part of the podcast. That's a good point. <laughs> so this is not an that, ad people <laughs> this is not an ad after this point we cut back to the two remaining girls casey and um marcia 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 and patricia comes to get them and gives them a meal and uh we learn some fun facts about some animals for a little bit yeah like like tigers have 12 less teeth than dogs I Did you guys thought know that, that was actually pretty interesting. That to be is, honest. yeah, I, I learned a lot from Patricia. Patricia yeah. seemed like a smart lady, even though she freaked out about the sandwich not being cut perfectly. Mm. It's a deal breaker for me. Which was that Patricia? Was that Dennis? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because right. I was thinking about that the whole movie. We'll need the I red string to, for that. Yeah, because yeah, once they go into that hole, two of them can inhabit Kevin at the same time. I kind of didn't want to think about that because that'd make me 
question everything in the movie, and that's yeah. too deep down that rabbit hole. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna go on and say I think it was the dentist part being like ah dang it. And back to the sandwich. How do you guys cut your sandwiches? I don't. Do you yeah, do diagonals like triangles? I don't cut because it's a utensil I have to clean. Mm. Yeah, I usually don't cut because I usually just eat it like a, eat it as a whole sandwich. So I as a kid, okay, how did, as a kid, how did your parents cut it for you? They didn't love me, so they didn't <laughs> cut my sandwich. Oh, I'm sorry for bringing this up. I had to make my own sandwiches. I think they're like you're four years old. You have two hands. So, in the words of James McAvoy later in this movie, your heart is pure. <laughs> I have been purified. <laughs> I have been purified. Uh, yeah, I was definitely made my own sandwiches as a kid. I mm. had the same thing that God gave me two hands for a reason. Love you, Mom. <laughs> we love our parents. We this, love our parents. I had it good, I guess. Yeah. But, you know. I mean. You also you, didn't go trick-or-treating. Yeah, you didn't go trick-or-treating, so count, you know. What, yeah. What well, I, I'll pick my battles. <laughs> sandwiches. Yeah. It was just a mayonnaise sandwich, right? Like, it was just mayonnaise spread? Uh, I just don't think we saw the rest of the ingredients because she messed up the sandwich but she messed up the first one after spending five seconds on it and then she had the second one done after five seconds and we only saw mayonnaise i sure hope not that's That's disgusting it is gross mayonnaise but anyways moving forward though this is the second escape attempt because marcia tries to escape because she sneaks up behind patricia with the chair and uh like wwe to hit him yeah over go over the head hits him in the back i'd like to point out that i still don't think we know marcia's name at this point i don't think it's been said in the movie at this point they've said it it's been mouth because yeah because casey's saying marcia don't as she's doing it which is the smart play because you're in a safe situation at this point you need to wait this out. But, yeah, Marsha doesn't get very far, gets captured. Hit, hit him a dozen times. I mean, she's kind of an unheralded hero, right? I mean, that's pretty brave of her to at least try. She didn't just uh, cower in fear. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I agree with her decision, but she had some spunk. When right? she gets, Yeah, but when she gets caught, though, we also get the first hint of why they were captured. Because right. Hedwig had already earlier had said that Dennis had scouted them out for a month or so. Four days. Oh, uh, no, I thought he said like a month. following them for four days. Oh, following them for four days, I guess. Sorry. But we then we also learned from Patricia that those two never had like a hard day in their life. Like they never suffered. Yeah, they're basically spoiled. Which, yeah. I mean, is that their fault? And they're so young. I mean, I'm also... I'm not defending his logic at all, yeah. John. I'm just saying that this is... <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, is a his explanation. crazy person. Which reminds me of Jigsaw and Saw for kind of no abducting way. those well, people for Saw, kind of an opposite makes reason. more sense. Still crime. It's still a crime to do all those things. But all the people <laughs> being punished in Saw did things to others right. that were bad. Right. I'm not saying they had the same logic. I'm just saying it reminded me of oh. the... Saw's definitely they were chosen a, for a reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Saw Sorry, is definitely a future episode. We're gonna we gotta do that. That's gonna be fun. Uh but right, so Patricia's captured. We learned a little bit more about why they were captured. And um I thought Casey, she was getting gutted. Yeah, I thought she was too. But uh yeah, then Casey is she knocked out? I can't remember what happened to her, but she no, wakes she up. To, she was told oh, to, she she told to, to go to her room. room. Okay, mm-hmm. so she just went back to her room yeah. and went to sleep. She wakes up and she's got a nice head wig just cuddling up on her. Just spoon in her. A little jealous of Hedwig. But <laughs> we get another little awkward kind of conversation between her and Hedwig. And they kiss. They have an awkward, like, I'm assuming Hedwig's first kiss. This is kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. But uh, <laughs> he's like, I wanted to kiss the brown haired girl, but <laughs> she's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, she's in trouble. 
And um, we learn a little bit more about kind of just Hedwig's room and just how it worked, like, and about him having like a window and a CD player and Casey's trying to get up there and trying to get Hedwig to take her up there. But Hedwig also drops an important little plot nugget, which is that the other, because we keep going back to the therapist office because she keeps getting these emails saying, this is urgent, I need to talk to you. But then Barry's showing up and acting all calm, like nothing's wrong. And it's because the other like 21 personalities are panicking. And when it's their quick second to be in the light or whatever, they're contacting the therapist. So all the other personalities are telling on Hedwig, Patricia, and Dennis. Mm -hmm. So that explains the emails. They're just not great communicators. Because all they're emailing are, we need help, I need to see you. Yeah. There's no context given. Yeah, they no help. Yeah, they need to give a little bit more context. Dr. Fletcher had a, a tough job. Also, I'm going to throw this out there. Why didn't he call her? Why are there no phones? It's All he had email. was a walkie-talkie, right? No, well, he we saw that he, he saw was his phone later, yeah. At the end he was emailing from his phone. He has a phone. But yeah, so we also learned though through those personalities that James McAvoy's character, Kevin, was abused as a child, which is why he started developing... Dad left on a train. Dad left on a train, and yeah, started developing these personalities. Yeah, Dennis was an, was necessary to avoid the punishment of his mother. Exactly. And then we also learned that Patricia... Which is good. I like, I like... The explanation? Yeah, because when you're a kid and you go through those really hard experiences, you're forced to come up with explanations or ways to work around it. And for... Right, because kids are, kids are inherently really creative. Yeah. And so it makes sense to an extent that you would create yeah, something it's like this in your it's mind. It's necessary. And yes, they should not be carried over into adulthood. Like, that's not how real life works. And that's where Dr. Fletcher is saying, you know, like... You were great and necessary, but you need to share. Like, you can't be what you were years ago. You know, like, Kevin needs different people at different times. Like, right. we all need to be different. They all have a purpose. Right. Just like how we all act differently under certain circumstances. Like, there's a part of us that is called to do some, something in different times of our lives. And right. So, Dennis was good. And I appreciated her not shaming Dennis for being who Dennis is. Right. And I think I, I could relate as a kid. I just adopted a pet rock was how I dealt with it though. And you didn't pay for one, did you? No. Okay, cool. I've found them and that's no that's better. Them, that's yeah. better. I'm just saying you could have bought a pet rock and I would have made fun of you. I did buy a, a <laughs> is it a Tamagotchi? Yeah. Well everyone yeah. had Tamagotchi. That and Furbies. Right. right. God Furbies. I I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> but uh getting us back on track a little bit. Uh, during that whole spiel, too, we also learned that Patricia, Hedwig, and Dennis are referred to by the other personalities as the Horde. That's like the nickname they have for them. Is their like alliance is called the Horde? I thought all of them were known as the no. Horde. So only the ones that are working with the Beast are called the Horde, because the other ones are working against them, and they're trying to get back control of Kevin, but. The hordes preventing it, and uh, that's kind of explained a little bit further, or like, and pretty much the next scene when we get another therapist scene with uh, 
Barry and the therapist, but then the therapist straight up just says, like, I know this is you, Dennis. And then it was like what you're talking about. They have the conversation about how Dennis was necessary. They that Kevin needed Dennis to be strong and to be OCD so he wouldn't get in trouble because that was part of the whole why he was in trouble was his mom was psycho about making messes. I made a side note here because they they always bring up 23 personalities and maybe you guys remember there. I feel like this is a common trope that in like movies or sci-fi books and things like that whenever like a superhuman's created it it always involves the chromosomes mm-hmm. and so there's 23 chrom- pairs of chromosomes in a human being and it's if usually you're lucky. yeah and it's usually in like those sci-fi things they like create a 24th chromosome that's supposed to like evolve you that makes you like this, a crazy yeah, this is that. and i made that connection i was like 23 mm. personalities the beast is a theoretical 24th that's supposed to turn him into this superhuman thing. And I just kind of thought that was interesting. I don't know if that was what it intended, but that's where my mind went to. I thought it was more of a direct... I, By the way, I totally agree with you. This is uh, not serial. But I, I was I was making a connection between uh, the number 23 with uh, Jim Carrey. That amazing. Oh my gosh, that movie. movie. <laughs> they, I mean, they say 23 in this movie almost as many times as uh, that one. Yeah, but they don't do basic math. Like, 90% of that script of the Jim Carrey 23 movie is them doing basic math. 6 plus 6 plus 8 plus 4 minus 1. Or they'll take, like, an address. Math checks out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'll take an address, and it's like, you live at 113 Street, 1 plus 1 is 2, 23. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then there's 3. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after that therapy session where we finally see Dennis and the therapist confront each other, we get a great scene of Hedwig showing Claire his room or showing Casey, sorry, his room. And we get, how is this not a meme of James McAvoy dancing? Like I have never seen that. Like that needs to be a gif. That is one of my favorite scenes of this movie. Him dancing is fantastic. on point. And did you guys notice when he stopped dancing, the hamster stopped running on his wheel? Oh yeah. That Um, was pretty funny. (laughs) I don't know why that was a point, but the music stopped, man. Well, I know, but like maybe it's the, the 24th so personality. <gasps> Ooh, that's the beast. The hamster. Hashtag hamster was the beast the whole time. Uh, yeah, so they're in the room. In the window. We learned the window that Hedwig had said was in his room was just a drawing. And I love how he says etc. He says one thing mm-hmm. and then etc. Oh, yeah, he mm-hmm. always says etc. at the and end. That was a cute little touch. And et cetera. A cute little touch. It is. Because he's <laughs> supposed to be a nine-year-old boy, so he's trying to seem like he's and smart. And an adult. He says and et like an adult, So he says et cetera. I love it. Uh, but We've already seen the flashback in the woods, though, with Uncle playing Animal, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Yikes. no, this, yeah, that's pretty much coming up right now is um, during, yeah, during, or throughout the movie, really, it's the camping trips, like we said, where it's the flashbacks. And at first, it starts out nice memories of her and her dad and her uncle like it's on a hunting trip, trip. I think no, it is the same trip. Yeah. But then we learn on these hunting trips, her uncle was molesting her. And what it seemed so to me, I noticed that the uncle kept on giving the dad beers. I think it was in an effort to get him to be drunk and hungover. And so he, longer. yeah, so he could, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought awful. it was going to be a hunting accident. I, did I thought too. it was. I, that's exact. That's what I thought it was going to but until I saw. You want to play animal? Yeah, right. and it, then it et was... Cetera. Et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> yeah, and then it ended up being the dad dies later of a heart attack. That his dad died of. That seemed anticlimactic. I definitely thought it was going to be a hunting accident. Yeah, and then, yeah. 
But you're right. Yeah. So we get those flashbacks. Maybe we Harvey learn, Weinstein. Yeah. We learn that Claire or Casey. God, their names are too. <laughs> Casey are. and Claire. But uh, we learn Casey was molested and is probably still currently because she's living with her uncle being molested, which explains why she wants kind to of go to detention. She probably didn't contact her uncle. You know, she wanted yeah. to take the bus home after the party. So she could buy more time before she had to go to the house. Yeah. It explains just kind of her character as a whole. And uh, then we get a little bit of a fight with Hedwig because Hedwig has a walkie-talkie that he stole from Dennis. Yeah, because he, he was going to go tell on her for using him to try to get to a window to leave. And then she's like, well, don't you want to show me something cool? And just like a nine-year-old is like, well, yeah. Well, sh- sure, I'll show you something cool. Okay, fine. Here. Isn't this cool? It's a walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty, it's pretty sweet walkie-talkie. <laughs> it, it was. Funny. Yeah. But yeah, so she tries to cry for help. Classic horror movie. Nobody believes her. Well, and then you 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 realize that the people that have these walkie-talkies work together. Yeah, so one, they're... One of the lines yeah. is like, how did you get one of these, you know, from us or whatever? Yeah, it adds to the mystery of where are they because the whole time you don't really know. I will say, I, didn't, I did not like that that was a mystery, though. Hmm. It makes sense too. Eventually, when you see Hed- in you know Hedwig's room, right, is full right, of animals, yeah, animals and stuff. Spoiler alert: They're in a zoo. Yeah, what? they're in the like maintenance area of a zoo. But yeah, so we got the creepy uncle. They fought over the walkie-talkie. Um, after that, uh, yeah, Hedwig breaks down, and Dennis comes in. Yeah, Dennis. Yeah, Dennis comes back. It's in. the first time they hadn't had a uh, wardrobe change between personalities. Right. And uh, she gets put back in the room. Am I? No, she that? she gets put in a new room. Oh yeah, so she gets yeah she gets put. Everyone in a new is room. out of the the room with the. Ba- you don't get a bathroom anymore. You done you done goofed. You done goofed. She gets put in a room with a computer. No, I'd like to add. She does no, that's not. Later, you're thinking a little bit. That's later the room in between out. the old room and the hallway. Right, because uh, it it does another time jump though, where or not time jump, but it's Dennis leaving the zoo or the basement or whatever, and she, he runs into the therapist outside of the building because she's coming to visit him because she's worried, and she's starting to suspect something's going on. And then she he leads her back into the like his living room, and they have a long conversation kind of explaining the nature of what the beast is. And you know, to be honest with you guys at this point, I thought the beast was Dr. Fletcher. I thought that was going to be the twist. I, okay... I it, there's many points in this movie that shoot down this theory. I understand that, but I kind of thought it was going to be that um Casey. K- yeah, same. That mm-hmm. Casey was another personality and that it was just going to be like some weird I thought we was, saw it from a different perspective. I thought it was going to be Casey was the beast. All, no, it was just these people. Like she was James McAvoy, like she kidnapped. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, that's what I was saying yeah. too. Yeah, is that she was just a personality. One or one of the personalities or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was thinking she was going to be Kevin. Oh, she was just going to be Kevin. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. But yeah, obviously that ends up not being the case. <sighs> no. We're all wrong. Yeah. Well, there's no Shyamalan twist, right? Because the therapist kind of tricks him for a second, and she says she has to use the restroom. And uh, well, yeah, because she realized because when he tells her, you know, when I said that I've never met the beast, I had. I lied, He's yeah. coming. Things are going on. She realizes. She's in danger. She needs to leave. Right. And she, in her process of wandering around, discovers... She, yeah, she notices a locked door yeah. with lights on. Discovers Claire in that closet that she's yeah. been put on. And I wrote down, 
in my notes that I had totally forgotten about those two girls. Like, up until this point, from the moment they each tried to escape and they get taken away, we do not hear from them. They are gone from this movie until the moment Dr. Fletcher opens the door and is like, oh my gosh, they've been kidnapped by um, Yeah, by they Dennis. were really just a vehicle of getting uh, Casey, Casey there. Yeah, which I think kind of was weird. But... Um, yeah, so she gets attacked, or she gets sprayed by Dennis with the same thing that she captured the girls with, and then we get a. I thought this was the coolest idea of translating how the personalities change because we get a cool time jump of Dennis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We get Dennis knocks her out, and then he starts to leave, and then we just jump to the train station, and James McAvoy kind of looks like he just woke up, and he's immediately Patricia, and then just says, "Thank you, Dennis." And then buys flowers the from flowers. the flower. It's just like a quick time jump yeah. to an from an overly friendly florist. Yeah, you guys, friendly. that guy was he was on point. He, I mean, happy he's trying to, to make the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing happiness to people through Flora. Exactly, <laughs> Florala, Florala, Alabama. That's a place. Is it? Wait, I'm sure it is a place. <laughs> I'm thinking of. Um, I'm thinking of. Isn't it? in I took a walk. The song by Passion Pit. He sells flowers. <laughs> <laughs> It's that dude. <laughs> <laughs> take a walk, take a walk, take a walk. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then Patricia gets on the train and we see the transformation yeah. into the beast. And okay. It had already so, been teased that so we were getting physical yeah. manifestation changes. Not to go too much into the marketing for this movie, but that was something that made me mad. I wish in the marketing they'd left the beast out completely. If this had just been pitched as this is a crazy person with 23 personalities who kidnaps these girls, Mm -hmm. this would have been a really kind of cool reveal is that there's a fourth like weird beast thing that's going to come. And I would have been more curious about it, but because we knew there was a 24th personality, like before the movie even starts kind of takes away from it a little bit. Yeah. And I also laughed a little bit at the initial transformation because it's not him standing up and being like stronger, but him running out of the train I was like, uh, all right. But yeah, he was also alone on the train. No one else. The lights were out. And then we get the classic, like, I, I don't even know how to describe it, like, over-the-top police officer being like, oh, oh. It's a, it's, it must be a coyote. Yeah, it's an animal. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly it's an animal. It's not. Yeah. It, it can't could... be a human being. <laughs> Boy was wearing khakis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He was. <laughs> it's... Right, so um, <laughs> while the beast is running around for a little bit, we go back to the house where uh, the therapist wakes up, Dr. Fletcher, and... She starts a scribbling. <laughs> she starts a scribbling, and... Uh, she holds the pencil weird. Okay, yeah. she'd been drugged. <laughs> yeah, she had been drugged. You're right. But so, but while that's <laughs> happening... <laughs> I want to revisit this. Okay, revisit okay, it. okay, fine, go on. Yeah, let's... <laughs> okay, you want to talk about the pencil? Let's talk about the pencil. <laughs> it's almost between uh, her middle finger and her ring finger no, that, it totally that she's is. riding. She's holding it like... Uh, people are not going to be able to know what I'm doing through listening <laughs> to this. But, yeah, it's through the middle and ring finger, and then she has the thumb, and then she's gripping around the pen. So she's my point that. is that it seems like that's how she always writes. I can't even write like, like that. that. It's not like that. Hold on. Give me that. That's this how is totally she... not helping anyone. Listen, yeah. But it's like this. Listeners, Peter's like, holding the pen ridiculously. Like, I've written like this before. This is quality audio content. It's, it's <laughs> a, a comical way to write. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that, listeners. We'll get back but on track like a little bit. But she's like haze, dazed. Yeah, she's confused. dazed. While she's writing and scribbling, uh, Casey's 
back up and at them, and she's wandering around the yeah, room. Yeah, they're fishing. They're trying to fish uh, Marsha and Claire, fishing the lock. Right, right. <laughs> they have a clothes hanger because they're trying to get out of the room, and because uh, it's one of those slide locks. So they're trying to hook it to pull it open. So there's there's a lot going on. And right you know now. how Claire motivates Marsha at this oh, point. I, oh, my gosh. I wrote that down, too, that you can put on that. We can get out of here, and you can wear that stupid sweater or something. What's the line? She says, "Picture yourself on the couch in that ugly ass sweater." (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, "Oh my, that's it. I needed that." Peter, if we're if we were locked in two separate rooms, about to die, and you said, "Mark, just think of yourself on the couch in your blue hoodie," I would tell you to shut the (laughs) hell up. (laughs) I feel like just let me work. (laughs) I like I like the um. I don't want to say it's a motif, but clothes hangers are throughout this movie. Well, have you ever unlocked a car with a cl- clothes hanger? Well, yes, but then he's they're also u- being... They're useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can... Well, I had to help Andrew get his car, like, fish his car keys out of the oh, car. Yeah. lock himself in there. But yeah, I mean, you, know, you can get your keys out of it. You can bust a lock. You can abuse a child. There's all <laughs> sorts of things you can do. Oh, yeah, the mom does use a clothes right. hanger. That's funny. Well, the abuse isn't funny, that's but the, <laughs> the connection's funny. Andrew is Peter's brother. For he's more listening. than that. <laughs> he's, he's his twin. Twin brother. <laughs> but yeah, so or, or alternate personality. I to get us back yeah, on track ever, a little bit, so <laughs> we've so, never been in the same room together. <laughs> so Claire and Marsha are trying to get out of their rooms. The therapist, Doctor Fletcher, is scribbling away, trying just writing scribbling. something, and then Casey is wandering around the room trying to figure out how to get out and she goes through a computer where it's all the personalities apparently take a daily journal or maybe not daily but they take a journal this is where we learn journal. about the rest of the personalities right. and we get there. to see mm-hmm. people like orwell mm-hmm. i want to see more of orwell yeah pour one out for orwell. uh we get to see jade we get to really see barry because barry brings up that he is losing time and he doesn't like it and he's trying to figure out what's going on and um, then we know where he keeps the keys. Right. And we're also explained more of the the rest of the personality's thought process on the horde, because that's them saying we have to stop the horde. You know, we can't let them do this. They don't know how they're doing things, because it looks like the rest of the personalities haven't put together that Hedwig has the ability he has. Which is interesting. I, I found it interesting too that Kevin was one of the personalities on this home screen. He was number four. Well, so the, I'll, I was going to do that in a second, but I think, I think he's not. Well, that's who he really is, right? But I think, though, the amount of time he spends in the light is very minimum because of the date he spouts out when he finally comes to. That was years ago. Yeah, it was like three years ago, and um, but yeah, so. All this stuff is happening, and uh, before Casey gets out of the room, the Beast has made it back to the the zoo or the base where they're all at, and uh, ends up killing Doctor Fletcher, which which mm. is sad. He gives her a big hug. Yeah, bear hugs like snaps the spine, I guess. <laughs> which is which is sad because she, tried she was to say his name. She was trying to say yeah, his name. She was trying to say her na- his name because oh yeah, well I guess we brushed over that, but earlier in the movie we're explained. When she realizes she's talking to Dennis. Yeah, she almost threatens. Yeah, she almost threatens Dennis by saying, I know that if I say Kevin's full name, he'll jump back in control. And it'll cause chaos. And it'll cause chaos. So um, so when she's getting attacked by the beast, she tries to. But having been drugged and being an older lady. 
Yeah. Who holds it? Holds her pencil weird. Which it's intercut with a really that made me feel worse about her death. It's a really interesting intercut where it's Barry's journal, video journal, where she says she he wants to talk to Mr. Fletcher because she's so sweet. She's so sweet and she's a good lady and she's the only one that ever like listened to them. It's a very like kind of aw moment. But yeah, so Dr. Fletcher's iced. Uh, Casey finally gets out of the room, finds Dr. Fletcher, runs past, running in the hall to go let the girls out. This was actually really shocking to me. She opens the first door and it's Marsha, stomach completely ripped open and has been eaten at or gnawed at. So she's dead. Goes to the next room. Claire's still conscious, and it's the horror movie trope of being dragged off camera, but she's being eaten by James McAvoy. So James McAvoy, as the beast, is now eating these people, which is gross. I'm I'm surprised that his, like, bloodlust for eating Claire out was, like, not, was overpowering hearing Casey say, Claire? Yeah, Claire, we gotta get out of here. Yeah, he was distracted. But, yeah, so we get a quick little escape there, and then Claire finds the note that Dr. Uh, Fletcher wrote. And this is a little bit of a loophole that I'm not quite understanding. Because she, she reads the name and says it to him, and uh, we get a kind of a creepy shot of him climbing up the walls like Spider-Man. Can we get a point-of-view shot here, too, from, from Kevin's point of view? Oh, I feel man. like we did a similar shot to what Peter was talking about. We do, right I think, there. for a second, maybe when he's chasing somebody. When when he leaves the room and he comes back in, yeah, and he's mm-hmm. talking to her. It is behind his back, right, looking at her. But yeah, so but maybe I missed something. But why would Casey have known what saying his full name would be? Like the note just says, "Say his, say his name." Say his name. Kevin Wendell Crumb. Uh, it's Combs. Kevin Wendell Crumb. 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 Yeah. But why? Combs. I I mean maybe it's just like why wouldn't she say it because that note did tell her to say it but she had no way of knowing what that would do. I don't know. It's just a leap in. She was out of options. Yeah, it was just a leap in logic. Like, no, I, I mean, what else are you gonna try at that point? Keep running. I don't know. But it's is clear. Oh well, the door was jammed. But yeah, so she says the name a couple times. The beast goes away, and Kevin Wendell Crumb, who is the true identity of James McAvoy appears well he's confused and he's very confused says like is it still october 18th 2014 or whatever and um obviously it's not and I so if that's the date of a movie that he did maybe <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised you know uh, mr pritchard or whatever the mel gibson's characters on the computer screen didn't know that but uh <laughs> <laughs> blew your mind there but yeah so kevin asks uh, Casey to kill him, but before she can do anything, what Dr. Fletcher said might happen happens, and all these personalities start breaking out. And this was actually a truly well acted moment by James McAvoy. Like the him, strain was cool. Him, yeah, the string of him just jumping from personality to personality was really good. It was well done. Yeah. I feel like that. I, you know, I heard he did great in this movie, but I feel like he was undersold as why you should see this movie. That was really well done. Mm-hmm. But that also ultimately breaks away to a the beast comes back and we get another chase scene through the halls. But not before she opens the door and a really crappy CGI napkin thing floats from yeah. what Doctor Fletcher put in the lock. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that really bothered me. Doctor like, Fletcher's last laugh, if you will. 
<laughs> also, what what weapon does Casey get? It's, it's a, a shotgun, shotgun, right? Which we learned We've been talked about before. earlier yeah. that she learned how to shoot a shotgun on a hunting yeah. trip. How convenient! How convenient. Also, why? I mean, I know people hunt deer with shotguns. It's usually slugs, but I mean, you're gonna teach someone to hunt deer with a shotgun for the first time? Like a like she looked maybe seven. A shotgun is gonna break that girl's shoulder. I'm focusing on the wrong aspect, but. That was just something that stuck out to yeah, me. Yeah, that's the unbelievable part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was too scientific fact. Yeah, it's too well supported. <laughs> well supported. But yeah, we get our final little chase scene through the hallways. We kind of get a little bit of a shootout of Casey kind of shooting at him. He was pretty creepy in that He was, because he's crawling over the walls, mm-hmm. and he's breaking lights, and he's spouting about how he's he has to... Um, like He's only going after those who were unpure and... Those who have suffered are the only ones who understand how to live. Yeah, we're starting to learn the motive a little bit. Yeah. He has blood in his teeth, which is creepy. Yeah, from the Mm. girls. And then... um, Yeah, her shirt had been ripped, so she goes ahead and she just takes it. Well, yeah. He he put... She puts two slugs into him, and he's still standing and, like, has a little bit of wound, but he's okay because of the supernatural nature of him being the beast. Because his skin's supposed to be as thick as a rhinoceros or whatever. But you're right, yeah. Her shirt's all ripped up, and he sees the scars from her abuse, which is extensive scarring. There's a lot of scars on that girl. And he kind of has this weird bending the bars, but then notices it and is just like, you, your heart is pure. Yeah, he like gives a sermon. <laughs> yeah, he gives a sermon, and he disappears into the night. And... um She's eventually rescued by another worker. What are you doing here? Yeah, I think he says something not as not as good as cheese and crackers. No, it's <laughs> Joseph Mary. Or oh yeah, <laughs> Joseph and Mary. Was he the guy on the walkie-talkie? Is no, that it the was same no, voice. Was okay. Dude. But yeah, so she's let out of the building. We find out it is a zoo. Big reveal. And uh, I thought that was gonna be the twist. Honestly, I was like, really? That's it? It's a zoo? But um, we get a quick little, you know, her being checked out by the ambulance and the police asking her what's going on and what happened investigating. And we get the uh, scene of the cop saying her uncle's here. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like that either for the sole purpose of a medical professional in the ambulance noticed all of her scars. The cops would have noticed all her scars. There is not a law enforcement or medical professional who have, would have let her leave without investigating. Yeah. That is... Yeah, especially because they were kidnapped, and so you are you would talk to them, probably run a rape kit. Run tests. Yeah. yeah. Like, You'd be in the hospital for a little while. But, but what we, do, we don't get... We don't get an answer. That. You're right. right. Because it's her sitting her in staring. the cop car, and the... Well, I think it's supposed to be implied how... She's looking at the cop because the cop's kind of like, oh, that's weird that she's not happy to see the uncle. Well, she's but making a decision, and we don't know that decision. Like, we don't. Yeah, that's frustrating. But, yeah, so it makes it seem like she's going to go back with this uncle. But as right before the movie's closed, another mo- uh, M. Night news exposition drops. She's, and we're, oh, this is so bad. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this conversation with you, but we're going to finish out this summer real quick. So... It cuts to a diner, and the news report is saying... Who's watching the news report? Hold on. We're getting no, to it. No, everyone in the diner. Well, because no it's a big is, story. Uh, f- 
okay, fine. We've had big stories going on in the news, and I'm still able to eat at Hattie B's, and well, no one's watching TV. Good point. Regardless. Everyone's watching. It's just their mouths are open. They're all confused. They're, what? The news report <sighs> states the significance of the kidnapping and that it was a person that worked at the uh, zoo. And oh, because we already had James McAvoy talk to himself in the mirror. Right. That, that happened. Yeah. No, we no, that's at the very, no, very talked. end. No, it's not. What? This diner is the very, very end. Is it? Yes. Oh, you're James right. Iron it is. at the train station or whatever he's in, wherever he's in, some abandoned place, and he's talking to himself. You're right. I didn't like, that. They're finally going to take us seriously. Right. right for what we are. Yeah, we, we are what we believe we are. Yeah, we are what we believe we are. So it looks like James McAvoy is going to go out and kill more people, which is fun. Or, yeah, purify. Right. But, okay, so and then we're, we're in, in the, the diner. diner. And the news reporter explains the kidnapping and then says that due to the uh, due to people close to the case, they're calling um, James McAvoy's character the Horde. So they've given him this like creepy supernatural name. And then a girl at the diner is talking to the waiter. No, she's just, talking to herself. Well, she well, she, the waiter's in front of her. Regardless, three people are in front of her. She's saying it to no one in particular. I understand you do not like this, but <laughs> she says. Oh, wait, this is like that guy who uh, they arrested for blowing up the train and stuff. 15 well, he, years they, ago. Yeah, they gave him a weird name, too. Well, they, they and then it's him. Bruce Willis. Bruce freaking Willis. Is at the other <laughs> side of her, and he says, Mr. Glass. His name was Mr. Glass. End of the movie. And she leaves. She doesn't thank him. It doesn't even. She didn't even register that she heard him. Well, she yeah. kind of leaves the. And, leaves and the so I'd like to uh, preface this conversation by saying you guys promised you'd explain this. Okay. Off so, screen. So I want to hear this <laughs> explanation. So, okay. So off those years for ago. those of li- are listening, please fill me in. If you don't know why Bruce Willis showing up at the end of this movie is a big deal, it's because it makes this movie an un. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, basically, an unprecedented sequel yeah, to another movie. Not a sequel as much as in the same universe. Well, it's, as. it's an indirect. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's an indirect sequel to M. Night Shyamalan's one of his first movies called Unbreakable, which I love. That's what, I love that movie. And in that movie, Bruce Willis plays a character who basically discovers that he has superpowers. And um, who yeah, plays that he, Mr. Glass? That Samuel, Samuel Jackson sees dead plays. People the opposite of him and uh they have it's basically a gritty realistic superhero movie because by the end of the movie of unbreakable um bruce willis's character done uh daniel dunner whatever um has accepted that he's going to be this hero now and so the point of that is that now bruce willis's character is aware of this so it's implying that there's going to be another movie, which there is. I looked it up. It's a confirmed they're making another movie called Glass. But it's implying that they're combining the cast or whatever, and it's a same universe. So Bruce Willis, as a superhero, essentially, is going to go find and fight James McAvoy's character, the Horde. So it's going to be the Unbreakable versus the Horde. Hmm. And I understand why you hate it. I didn't like how they did that, but... It made me so happy that we're getting something from Unbreakable. Yeah. I mean, that was cool, but it had the exact same effect that the end of Dark Knight Rises had on me, where oh, you find out, oh my gosh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Robin. It's like, you should go by your whatever name, Robin. Oh, and it God. was delivered Don't the same talk flat to- way. It was just, I know it wasn't you know tacked on there at the end, although it kind of was. I could talk for five hours about... But it was the same about Dark Knight Rises. It was so, it could, and how I much it like upset me. It could have been better. 
No, we, okay. We didn't so, need her saying that. We could just we could have even just had Bruce Willis wearing well, his shirt, drinking coffee, and so, watching. Well, that's what I wanted to go into. So uh, I have a couple questions I want to pro- pose to you guys. So Bruce Willis, do you think how the story ends? Do you think Casey is going to become a villain or a hero? Because it's very set up where she's going to now do something with her life. Because, and she, they also do the, so the same thing with Bruce Willis's character. His name's like Daniel Dunn. So it's very common in comics. And they pointed out in the, like, IMDb facts too. You know, there's Peter Parker, Matt Murdock. It's very common to have an alliterative name as a superhero. But it's also the same for villains. Like Doctor Doom. You know what I mean? And Casey's story could go either way. She could definitely become a villain. And I was just curious what you guys, where you guys leaned that way. She could be a hero or a villain. I think I think she would go the hero. I think this is kind of cheating in this answer, but I think it's going to be she's goes villainy, and then Bruce Willis stops her from being a true like bad. And person. do you think villain is in supporting James McAvoy? Not necessarily supporting James McAvoy, but maybe she becomes like a Punisher esque vigilante. Because I mm-hmm. thought that might would it be leading towards with her being good with the shotgun or like you know what I mean? I thought it might be a something like that. But is there one that she's a, a vigilante getting rid of bad guys there? Like one you kind of root for? Maybe maybe like that an, might be a better an way to put it. Where yeah, she's more of an anti-hero. Um, I could see that. Yeah, and then uh, next with I guess this kind of eliminates you because you haven't seen Unbreakable. We're not gonna we we'll probably won't do an episode on that, but you should watch it. Yeah, I love that movie. I think it's one of the better examples of making a gritty realistic superhero movie before Christopher Nolan did it with Dark Knight. And I think to an extent he did it a little bit better than Dark Knight. Even though Dark Knight is still top ten favorite movies of all time. Uh, but Peter, having seen Unbreakable, do you think it was better as, as a surprise? to do the whole sequel thing, or would you have rather it been more alluded to that they were in the same universe? So I kind of saw throughout. it coming at the, because they were well, talking they play the, the theme song. stuff up. I don't know if you caught this. There's th- two points in the movie where they play the Unbreakable theme song. Oh, see, I didn't catch that. Because I noticed that, and I was like, that sounds like Unbreakable. And then towards like the closing credits where it says split the final time, that is the Unbreakable theme song, or th- song, theme music. Yeah, because when the psychiatrist was talking to her buddy and she was saying, you know, they can be more than us, I immediately super, I immediately went to X-Men, you know, being like, oh, okay, we're going to have, you know, some mutants like that. So I saw right. something like that coming. Um, yeah. I mean, did I see Unbreakable happening? Not necessarily, but. Yeah. And so some interesting facts, though, that kind of lead towards that explain a little bit more was. You know, in Unbreakable, he fights the orange jumpsuit man is just kind of what he's referred to at the end of the movie. That was originally scripted to be James McAvoy's character. It's supposed to be Kevin with multiple personality. They originally written the script where he was going to fight that kind of character. And they cut it out because they realized they wanted to focus more on um, him and Samuel Jackson's like interplay. Their relationship. Right. And I think that was a smart move. But So he's had this character created since then. And that's why it's it's more of that tone, and uh, and there's another thing too of there. Do you remember in Unbreakable? There's a scene before he goes to fight the orange jumpsuit man, where he's like Samuel or Bruce Willis's character. One of his superpowers, besides being invulnerable, is when he touches somebody, 
he gets a glimpse of the worst thing they've ever done. And he runs through this crowd of people and like bumps into them. And you see all these flashbacks of terrible things. And one of them is at the train station and it's a woman and her kid. And the woman in the flashback is abusing the kid. So it's not confirmed, but it's hinted at that Bruce Willis walked by Kevin and his mom. Wow. In the train station. And that was one of the flashbacks. I, again, not confirmed, but I really like that. That's cool. So how long has M. Night been planning this split Well, he wanted to do a sequel to Unbreakable, but it didn't Mm -hmm. do well enough at the box office, and he didn't get approval. So, Mm -hmm. and then by the time they made this, they actually had to ask permission from Disney to use Bruce Willis's character because of the weird rights of who produced what movie at the time. But... I want to pitch you guys a better way that this could have been handled. And John, again, this might get lost on you because you haven't seen Unbreakable. And uh, listeners, if you haven't seen Unbreakable, it might get a little bit lost. But Bruce Willis in the end of the movie, when he's in his, like, I'm going to save people superhero mode, because he's a security guard at a local college, has this rain poncho that says security on it. It's like this Mm -hmm. black poncho. And that's what he wears for, like, the final act of the movie. I think a great way to have done the whole, oh my gosh, this is the Unbreakable universe, is that final chase scene where she's running away from him and she shoots him and whatever, and it seems like she's going to get attacked again. I think at some point before the monster, or before the beast gets to her, I want to see Bruce Willis walk through one of the doors in the security poncho, stop her, and be like, you're Casey, right? And, you know, like he was looking for them. That would have been and amazing. Then, and then he fights James McAvoy for a little bit. And maybe James McAvoy gets the best of him or decides to run or sees Casey's yeah. scars and decides she's not worth it and runs away. But it's Bruce Willis taking her out, then leaving like he does in Unbreakable. And then she tells the police what happened. And then instead of the surprise, like, Bruce Willis at a diner, they could have shown Samuel L. Jackson in prison watching the news and saying the security, like, they could hint that this is, you know, Bruce Willis has been saving people. And it's like the poncho or the hooded, like, hero saves another victim. And it's Samuel L. Jackson in prison being like, you know, good on you or like, yeah, happy no, you're still doing that. Great. I would have lost my mind. That would have been awesome. But. You know, it's cool that I'm just happy to get some sort of sequel to Unbreakable. I love that movie, and nobody ever talks about it. So, John, you should watch it. <laughs> that was lost on me. Sorry. <laughs> I did my best. Watch it, and then you'd get it, and you'd go, wow, Mark was so right. I also laughed. So, you know how I talked about last episode, and I've been talking a little bit. I wanted my shtick to be, this is every movie. I try to make it a secret something else movie. It was a secret something else movie it the was. whole time. Yeah. And so I couldn't make it. It was it a anything secret else. superhero movie. Yeah, I couldn't make it a secret Batman movie because it was a secret unbreakable movie. Right. <laughs> so I laughed about that. Uh I mean that's all I got. Uh I mean I know he has uh, M Knight has like I don't think he has any movies coming out relatively soon. Um but as far as him being back in the swing i don't really trust him <laughs> as a director right now it's safe but this was definitely a step in the right direction i hope he makes more movies like this i mean i was excited by the end that the fact that they're making glass which is going to be like a sequel to this and unbreakable i mean what are you guys final thoughts 
yeah, I think it was good. Like I said earlier, I didn't appreciate some of the exploitive stuff. Like even the um, sexual abuse with uh, Casey. Yeah. I thought it was only used for shock. Like it could have been anything else. Like they didn't really deal with it being sexual aside from anything other than it being abuse. And so I don't know why it necessarily had to be sexual abuse. Um, but like other than that, you know, just like being picky on that and then the too much skin, which is uh, pretty stereotypical of Hollywood. But uh, I thought it was good. Thanks. Thanks, M. Night. I, I appreciated it. James McAvoy, just wow. And any movie with Anna Taylor, Joy, or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big fan. Yeah. I think we can all agree we're big fans there. <laughs> John, final thoughts? So I, I was a little skeptical because of the uh, PG-13 rating yeah. uh, going into this. And uh, I, I've been known to like scary movies that have an R rating. Um, take that for what it's worth. But I, I really liked it. Thanks, Sim Knight. I, I think it was, uh, it was really enjoyable. It was fun. Um, to Peter's point, the sexual abuse aspect, I think that uh, there there's a quote in there somewhere that says, the broken or the more evolved is uh, something that the beast says. Yeah. So that was maybe something that her character was. That's how they broke her. Is it the only um, way to break? Right. Well, Kevin it's, was it's not. Abused. Well, what but he was saying too. That also leads me back to the: Will Casey become a villain? Maybe she started to believe him a little bit. James McAvoy's thing of maybe her abuse is making her stronger. So like, and a so jigsaw. she might, yeah, like a jigsaw thing where she might turn. I, again, I agree. The, I think one of the most important critiques you've made, Peter, of this movie is that ending. Not the Bruce Willis ending, but the her being in the cop car and the whole your uncle's here and then her not getting out and we don't see any resolution to that. The more and more I think about that, that frustrates me. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that needed some sort of closure. But yeah, still worth seeing. Still worth talking about. Yeah. Yes, I, I say go see it. Yeah, definitely. A, I would definitely see it. I didn't want to see it in theaters solely because of the M. M. Night Shyamalan, M. Night Shyamalan mm. name. Yeah, even with the good reviews. You're like, well, I may just be nice. M. Night, yeah. And, yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what he does next. Um, I don't think we've decided what our movie will be next week. I think we did talk a little bit about it needs to be a more scary Actually movie. scary. Because we've mm-hmm. done only thrillers. So Halloween is just around the corner. If you guys have any costume ideas for us, please email. Or, yeah, tweet us or email us. You can tweet us at... T M N T, too much. No, damn it! I did it again. <laughs> the teenage mutant. So Ninja yeah, so I teenage mutant freaking turtle. Sorry, it's the too much free time podcast, and it's T M F T podcast, and then it's the that same handle at gmail.com. So it's Twitter is at T M F T podcast. And the Gmail is tmftpodcast at gmail.com. Sound it out. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get better about it. But, yeah, so just email us, tweet us, suggestions for movies, costumes. Um, tell us what you like about our podcast. Tell us what you don't. We're still – we've said this multiple times, but, you know, we're still kind of in an early beta phase. We're getting our stride. So uh, feel free to critique as much as you want. Uh, until next time, I'm Mark Burris. I'm Peter. Like a chip. I'm John Girdler. And we have too much free time. Too much free time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs>